Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. This tried and true advice was the guiding principle behind cybersecurity for years. But when the likelihood of being breached became all but certain, cybersecurity pros shifted their focus to threat detection and response. With the increasing success of cyber attacks, prevention is back in style. In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we will discuss what's behind the renewed emphasis on prevention and zero trust access. Hi, I'm your co-host, Susanna Song. And I'm Dave Barton. Dave, we are back in session. Back to we, 2022. I know. And we, we actually had a longer than expected break. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I was uh, starting to wonder. Maybe we just didn't have any fans out there. Oh, but we do, which we have we'll a get few. To. Yes. All right. Um, but we are back now with a whole new series on prevention. So what I know our listeners appreciate uh, about our podcast, uh, and they've been writing uh, and emailing us, is that we don't assume that they know the history and the evolution of cybersecurity. So, as we talk about as we talk about prevention, can you take me through and take our listeners through the timeline? Uh, what's considered kind of the genesis of of network security? Sure. So, you know, years ago when I used to work for Sprint, um, <clears throat> we were just starting to think about how do we protect customers. How do we protect our own infrastructure? And we were really ahead of the curve and we deployed firewalls, right? And I know that sounds pretty trivial. Um, at one point we had 500 pairs of managed firewalls that we were managing. So we, we did that really well. And the problem we'd run into is every time there was a business use case, the, the answer was, well, let's poke a hole in a firewall. And that sounds great, right? If, if you think about your house, <clears throat> we we all built a house. We have an apartment. We have a place that we call our own. And we've got walls around it. And we've got doors and windows. And if we had a house with no doors, with thick steel walls, brick walls, whatever, we wouldn't have a lot of risk because nobody's getting in unless you know they use something big like a bomb. But to make the house useful, what do we do? We open up doors. We put in windows. We put in skylights. Um, we've got window, what are the basement case, casement windows, right? We got, we got lots of ways to get in the house now. And so we found that the perimeter, which is really what a firewall is about, mm -hmm. wasn't enough, right? We, we knew that we had to do more. So we evolved our home security into let's put a security system in. Let's have motion sensors, right? The motion sensors are detection and response capabilities. And what we found in the cyber world was while those were good, and then I'll rewind, in the cyber world, firewalls were great mm -hmm. if I didn't have to do business, if I didn't have to allow my business to talk to yours. But we did. So we opened up doors. We opened up windows. Technically, we opened up ports and protocols. And the bad guys took advantage of that, right? 
they walked down the street and they saw your house and the door was open. So they just came in. Right. It didn't matter that uh, you had a steel door. It was open. So they came in. In the cyberspace, we saw that as well. And then the second piece was we saw we had this great prevention tool, this perimeter. Mm -hmm. But I would send you, Suzanne, an email with an attachment. You click on it. And the attachment's inside the walls of your kingdom. And what the attachment does is it says, hey, let me send something out. And so you open the door to get out and the bad guy comes in. And we're letting them come in. And we're and we're letting them come in. <clears throat> so prevention evolved in the cyberspace to, okay, we have to allow this stuff for business. Let's put something in place to detect. And, and more importantly, respond when we see it. So we've seen this evolution of perimeter prevention. And, and by the way, prevention is also the perimeter being the PC, mm -hmm. right? So you had mal, you had antivirus, right? McAfee, Symantec, a lot of the old school endpoint companies, they're all about prevention. And what the bad guys did was they circumvented that just like they did on the firewall. So that led to, it's got to be a better way. So we, we deployed tons of tools to detect, right? We've got, again, motion sensors in the house. We got glass break, glass break sensors on the windows. Um, and we found out that wasn't enough either because we, we needed a better model. We needed a defense in depth approach, which says prevention needs to be a huge part of what you do. The more I can stop up front, the less I have to detect and respond to. Therefore, both become better. Both approaches become more mature, quicker. So we're seeing the industry go, you know, this investment we have in cybersecurity isn't working. Ransomware is still a 20 billion plus industry. Right. The bad guys are making money. Um, I saw an article last week where the bad guys are paying insiders to open up doors, go back to your perimeter concept, open mm -hmm. the door so they can come in and infect everybody, right? So there's a ton of money in ransomware. And until we get prevention back where it needs to be, you know, we're bringing prevention back, cue the uh, Alan Thick song. <laughs> um, until we get it back where it needs to be on par with, we have some fantastic detection tools and some pretty good response tools our defense in depth is not complete. Right. I love the analogy, David. Uh, and it looks like this shift in cybersecurity is now going toward a more balanced approach. It's not that prevention ever was uh, forgotten. I and mean, people obviously, you know, MSPs, MSSPs still understand that firewalls are very important, but it kind of, to your point, there was a lot more emphasis in the last few years toward that detection and response. Right. Well, and, saying, and the problem, Susanna, was most organizations have a fixed amount of budget mm -hmm. and they allocate money. And every time they turn on the TV, they hear a new way to stop something bad. So they shift their money and they may not be putting as much in prevention as they used to. My argument is it's probably more important to rethink where you're allocating your investment because again you know rewind to the more i can stop 
before it becomes a problem, the less detection and response I need to be dependent on. Right? If you think about the target breach uh, 10 years ago, I don't even know how long ago it was now. Um, they had tons of detection tools, tons. Mm -hmm. Nobody was looking at it, right? If I could have stopped it from happening in the first place and prevented the HVAC vendor from logging in and then doing something they're not supposed to, you know, thinking about zero trust as, as a model for that, I win. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't matter that they got in, they couldn't do anything. So yeah. that's where I think more investment, more emphasis on prevention is in balance with detection and response is where we need to go. Is there any other way to approach prevention today besides applying that zero trust framework that you, you just mentioned? And tell us what, what zero trust is. I think we covered it in an earlier episode, but remind our viewers. and, and listeners. So, so at the end of the day, this really comes from a, a military concept around um, least privilege, right? The idea that we only give you access to what you have to have to do your job. And if you think about how networks work today, even back 20 years ago, I plug into the network and I can see everything. And if I have the right tools, I can listen to every conversation, right? It's it's kind of like way back in the day, some of the folks on the, on the call will appreciate this. Susanna, you may not. Uh, the, the whole party line of, of telephone calls in a, in a small town, you pick up the phone and there's other people talking because it was a shared medium, right? Really? And so I'm, <laughs> I see, I'm teaching you something. And by the way, I'm not old enough to ever experience this. Sure. I just know that it existed. <laughs> um, you pick up the phone and you could hear other people talking and you had to wait your turn. Right. And so zero trust says when I pick up the phone, the only person who can hear me is who I call. Mm. And if you extend that idea to the network, the only thing I can talk to on a network is what I have privilege or permissions to get to. Um, and VPNs struggle with that, right? We've talked a little bit about re remote access and right. some of the challenges. Zero trust remote access helps solve that. I have a permission to connect to this application on this server and that's it, right? The, the, back to the HVAC vendor. They had a VPN connection, which once they got in, they could go anywhere on the network. And so they started probing and they found weaknesses and exploited those weaknesses and stole all those credit card numbers. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's how that happened. In a zero trust remote access framework, they can't do that. I give them access to log in and check the HVAC and that's all they get to see ever. Just the way the, pro the, the framework is designed. It seems like if you're going to do prevention uh, in uh, prevention security the right way, zero trust seems like the only way. At the same time, would that limit and and debilitate business activity? So if it seems it's like not, a lot can... of management, right? I mean, I mean people are connecting right? to different yes. things uh, every so, day. Yeah, and and this is why we're starting to see it gain adoption today. In 10 years ago, we didn't have the tool sets to put a put a, a framework in place and have it learn, mm -hmm. right? Have it learn what 
all 150 people or all 100,000 people in your company do every day. So tools today we can put in and they'll baseline what normal looks like. Susanna goes to these three servers and she goes to the internet and she prints and that's all she does. And then we build policy dynamically that says in, in a framework like this that would say, okay, this is what her normal looks like. Everything else is disabled. So to your point, it is more work up front. And if it's not done right, it can cause things to not work. And so you've got to go back and fix it. But having said all that, <clears throat> the technology evolution is taking us to the point where we can be thinking practically about these frameworks to reduce risk by implementing zero trust. Does that, well, that, that make yeah. sense? It does. And one last question, as you are uh, overseeing product technology uh, and you are a veteran CISO as well, what percentage, can you give a percentage of what investments should go toward prevention versus detection and response? Is that oh, a fair that's question? That's a tough one. I think, I think if I had to balance those three, I would probably do, you know, 35 prevention 35 detection, 30 response, right? So hopefully you don't have to get to the response. Exactly, right? Yeah. If, if I can stop it up front and then I've got really good detection, my response doesn't need to have as much money invested in it. Right. Good answer. All right. Well, my we're not two cents. Yeah, that, that was perfectly stated, David. And we're not done with this conversation. Uh, be sure to join us for our next episode, Defending a Vanishing Perimeter with Overwatch Prevention Suite. So thank you, David. Thank you to our listeners. If you have feedback about today's podcast or questions for David or, or myself, please reach out. Uh, some of you have been reaching out through social, on LinkedIn. A lot of new cybersecurity analysts are, are listening, and, and I love it. And have uh, been giving us wonderful feedback. So thank you again. Uh, until next time, I'm Susanna Song. And I'm David Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast. <laughs>